0: about uh, five six weeks ago we started this series on the 12 steps of recovery and we called it the new beginning and we said in order to accept or understand this idea that we need a new beginning we realized that probably the path we were taking um, it was something wrong and we need to press that reset button and and start to walk this path of, of recovery. And uh, we say that this is not just behavior modification, but rather to change the spirit of our minds. Change the way how we think uh, and how we, we do things. I can, I can say it's like a diet. I always like to talk on diets on Sundays. Because tomorrow I will start mine. You know already how this is going to go. <laughs> so this thing is like, okay, I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to stop eating this way. But if that, I don't change my mind. It's only going to last a week or just a couple of days or maybe just a few hours, what is my case normally. But we're not just talking about modi- modify the way how we do life. but Again, it's changing the spirit of our life. And we said... That The first step is to recognize that we are powerless over our issues, over our sins, over our addictions, over our problems. The second step, come very close, is that we recognize that we need a, a higher power. We need Jesus in our life that can help us. I cannot do it myself. The third step is that we made a decision to turn our life and our will to the care of God. In other words, we surrender, and we invite Jesus to come and live in our hearts. Step four, it starts to get a little bit tricky, and I say we start to do a fearless, um, a moral inventory of our, ourself. In other words, we have to check our hearts and say, yeah, I have this this." Wrong to other people, to myself. I, I haven't done good things. And this step five, we admit to God, to ourselves, and to another person the exact nature of our wrongs. And sometimes, in this step, what is sometimes very tricky, it's very difficult. We need to own our mistakes and go to a person and say, I'm sorry, can you forgive me? I did this, this to you. I heard you in this way. Will you forgive me? But there's another layer there is that we need to learn to forgive ourselves for the things we have done in our past. And also we come to God and say, Almighty God, here I am. Forgive me. I am a sinner. And that, it might sound easy to say, but it could be very difficult. And today... On this Sunday, we have a (laughs) two-for-one. We're going to do something a little bit different. In step six and step seven is we're entirely ready to have God to remove all these defects of character. The Bible say, and James say, humble yourself before the Lord, and He will lift you up. So we will come to us and ask God, can you remove this? And also, we wanna humbly ask Him to remove all our shortcomings, and that's what we're gonna talk today. And that's the line that we're gonna take uh, the sermon today. Have you ever been in a situation? If you're married, you uh, you have your spouse here with you, and you feel free to do this. I uh, we allowed it today, but you have to go somewhere. And you say to your spouse, Hey, are you ready? <laughs> are you ready? And the answer back is, Yes, I am. Just give me five minutes. Okay. 20 minutes later, Are you ready? I almost done. We're running late. Don't rush me. Oh, you've been there. <laughs> this has never happened to me. I just, this is what I heard. <laughs> and you might hear back, I almost done. <laughs> and you know, this sounds funny, but you know, in life, Sometimes God is saying to us, are you ready? And we come to God and say, you know, I'm, I'm almost done. Just give me five minutes, Jesus. i almost done. I, and you know, and I have to confess here, I'm the king of procrastination. I always, I always say I work better when I'm just closer to the time. I always better. i like, I have time. I can handle it. I can do this. But you know, this has been so much problems in my life in so many ways. That something like, why did I wait so long? Why I didn't just act? And You know what? I was praying and thinking about this. And in the book of Matthew, chapter 5, we have the, the Beatitudes. And the Beatitudes talk very profound way in, in, in this same area. Uh, also on the steps, too. And I'm going to read it for you. We're going to start in verse three, Matthew 5, verse 3, and say this. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for Him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they, they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice. They, for they will be satisfied God blesses those who are merciful for they will be shown mercy God blesses those who are hearts are pure for they will see God and God, God blesses those who are work for peace for they will call the children of God and when we look at the Beatitudes we see a reflection of ourselves. We see the reflection how it's, our, it's been a walk with God in every step of the way. The first two talk about our condition with God. They talk about our, our relationship with Him. And then it starts to move on and how this, as we have this relationship with Jesus, it starts to transfer uh, uh, in our life and it starts to show to other people. But I have to go back to the first one. A long time ago, we did a sermon series on the Beatitudes. You can visit, go back and, and listen to this uh, uh, step by step on this, in this sermon series. But the first one says, Blessed are those who are poor in the spirit. At the time of Jesus, when they, they talk about being poor and poor, there were three types of being poor, three different levels of poor. And when Jesus is saying people understood this in in different ways, and the one being poor is you have no influence or you have no power. So there was different scale in the Roman Empire. Higher up, you have more power, so you're rich. So in a different level, you have influence, and if you didn't have much influence to do something that you wanted, guess what? You're poor. The other level of being poor is you are a field worker or a, a worker, day laborer, you get paid and it's not enough for what you need. Then you say, I am poor. But there's a third level of poverty. And this is the one that Jesus is referring in the word he's using, poor in spirit. It's a destitute, own nothing, can do nothing, It depends on eternal helps. It depends on someone giving something for them. We see it, the uh, the blind man asking for money, asking for help. And he let his code on the ground. And he lived by the mercy of people. And if if somebody gives him some money or a Bitcoin or something like that, you know, he will have something to eat, something to do. Being poor in spirit. And the first step is start. you need to recognize you're powerless. And Jesus is saying, in other words, you need to recognize you are poor in spirit. Because they, the step six say we humbly going to ask God to, to work in our life. In order to do, to do that, I need to recognize I have problems. I have things in my life that I wish I can fix. But I can't. I depend on this higher power. I depend on the power of Jesus to fix my life. Poor in spirit means to come to a place of dependency of God. We have to be poor in spirit to obtain salvation. What do I mean by this? When you come to a place of surrender and you say, God, I cannot do it anymore. I'm broken. I am messed up. An overwhelming grace will come upon you and forgiveness and God will pick you up. But it comes at that point when you, dis- you say and recognize you haven't tried your own way and it didn't work. Now you need Jesus. And you know, in this line, how many things in our life we have tried to do it in our own way. And maybe today we say in this, I'm gonna do it myself. I think I saw a video about this. That's our excuse. I think I saw the real, how to fix a house. It looks so easy, it only took the guy 30 seconds. <laughs> and then when you start to work in that, and you're like, um, I put all these pieces together. <laughs> I don't know why I have all this left over here. And you try and you, then you get upset and a bunch of emotions are coming, and you're frustrated, and you give up and you leave the project undone. Will you say this, that sometimes is a rep- representation of our own lives, with stuff that happens in our life. We start to deal, attack, some problems, and, and we fail. I have told you many times that I, I used to struggle with, with, with drugs and all this stuff. And many times I, I, said, I said to myself, I can quit. I know. I, I, I just need to stop and I will be, I will be fine. I know when to stop. <laughs> that was the lie. I had no desire to stop. I didn't know how to stop. And the problem with that, many other issues will come to my life. So one day I started. I tried to stop. I only lasted a few hours. Because the process started to be painful. When Jesus said, blessed are the poor in the spirit, is when we come to that moment and we say, God, I can't. I cannot do this. And this concept and this idea of being poor in the spirit take, take, us, take us to do something. Sometimes I have to reach God and I have to do things to reach God. And, we, and this, that is so wrong. Because we try to put the same behavior on an issue. If I do this, and if I stop, and I move one step forward, and then I stop, and I think something good is going to be equal to that. And we move that to your church. We move that to our relationship with God. And it doesn't work. God wants to talk to us. It's not about our work, how we can do It's actually about recognizing how broken we are, how messed up we are in many areas in our life. Therefore, we need a God that can come and reach us and speak to us in a powerful way. It's not by work. It's by grace. Jesus always told us this should be our attitude to approach him. And actually, he tells this story. He tells a story in in Luke chapter 18. And I want to read it to you. Jesus said this. Then Jesus told this story to someone who had a, a great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. And Jesus said this. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee. And the other one was a despised tax collector. the Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I'm not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like the tax collector. I fast twice a week. That's his word, not mine. I fast twice a week. I give you a tenth of my income probably the people was like, wow, that is a cool man. That is a cool guy who followed Jesus. But the tax collector, verse 13, the tax collector stood at distance and then then not even lift his eyes to to heaven as he prayed instead. He He beat his chest in sorrow and saying, oh God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, return home justified before God. For those who exalt, exalt themselves will be humble. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. Two people. Two people, two, two, two people right here. Two type of persons. One is very proud of what he does. Very proud of every step. And will make known that everyone will know about this. I am a good Christian. I go to church every Sunday. I sit down and I listen to the pastor, even though sometimes I have no clue what he's saying. I know you have thought about that sometimes. I will pray for you. No, <laughs> And I'm good. I help people. I volunteer. I do all this and I do all that. So look at me. But have you ever arrived to church? You've been so broken. You had a terrible week. Everything you have tried, it failed. You feel like your marriage is falling apart. Having problems with your kids. The people around you probably say, it's your fault. You're not praying too much. You have to do work, remember? You have to do all this. And the guilt's have to eat you. And like, I don't even deserve to go to church. I don't even deserve to do this. Like, church is for good people. That is the biggest lie. Because church is messy. Church is for broken people. It's for people like you and me. And sometimes we come here broken and having a terrible week. Be feeling tired. Desperate. With so many issues. And I will tell you, if you feel like that today, that's okay. Welcome here. Please feel like home. And it's okay to feel like that. And maybe you say, no, God will never bless me. God will never talk to me. And there's something about the prayer of this guy. They say, God, here I am. I am a sinner. He's not saying, I've been trying to be so good. No, he goes straight to the point. I have problems. I am a sinner. If church could be more authentic... If we can be more authentic, more vulnerable, people will know that a Christian life is not just about roses and happiness. Christian life is about Jesus Himself living in us. And the world you will have trouble. And you say, Don't worry, I have overcome the world. Somebody say amen to that because that's super powerful. Yes. And we have to believe to that, that we can sit down here and have a a biggest problem, and we come here with a heart willing to surrender. The gospel in, in Christianity is not about to tell the world how good we are. It's not about us. It's all about Jesus saying, I want to restore you. So I want to go back to when I started. Are you ready? Are you ready? Jesus, just give me five minutes. I'm, as soon as I, I, I finish to watch this show, I will get back to you. Jesus, are you ready? And Jesus is saying, I am ready. I'm waiting for you. to humble ourselves and to come to God say, God, I need you. I need you. It's not difficult. You know what it makes it difficult is when we start to think about the people around us. That's what it makes it difficult. What it makes it difficult is when we start to overthink a situation Do you have the tendency to overthink a situation? Don't worry, it's okay. When my wife and I go through problems or have to make a decision, we are like professionals and overthink a situation. And when I come to God, I start to do something. I start to give advice to God. (laughs) I want to tell you what you do with me because I know me. And God say, "Stop right there. Stop right there. I know you better." And sometimes this part when say, "If you humble, if you humble, He will exalt you." My biggest problem when it came to Christianity. It was to accept that I have a problem. To say, "I am a sinner." And today, I don't stand up here like a pastor who, hey, watch me. I have life figured out. I'm going to tell you what to do. <laughs> this is not how life works. I'm standing here like a pastor who has problem, who I'm trying to live a Christian life. I'm trying to live a life that, please, God, I'm, I'm still dealing with issues. I'm still dealing with defects in my life. I wish, and my wife probably can agree with that, sometimes I'm not. Too quick to get angry. I'm not too quick to mess up. But here I am. This is life, people. Christianity is not for perfect people. It's for broken people who recognize that we need a Savior. That we can come and say, God, I will surrender my life to you. And surrendering our life is not something we do once. 20 years ago, I'm going to do it today. and, And I'm good for the next 20 years. Surrender our life is something, God, I messed up again. Here I am. I'm poor in the spirit. Can you come and fix me? Can you restore my life? The enemy have still so much in my life. Have still my joy. Have still my peace. And Jesus said, I have everything that you need. The most misconception that we have, and then when we receive Jesus, all our circumstances will be much better. I'm sorry. That's sometimes doesn't happen. I'm sorry. To receive Jesus is to have an internal joy and to understand that when we surrender, the the power of the resurrection is Start to live in us Jesus himself, Christ Live in us And we can have his power To embrace our future To deal with our issues To deal with our defect Some people say Why are you you're a pastor? I know you I say I know you know me I know you know me Why? I don't know the moment I surrender my life, my life changed. Are you ready? And I hope you not say, just give me five minutes. <laughs> I'm almost done. Just come as you are. Broken. Messed up. Hurt. Having a hard time to forgive. It's okay. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to church, people. This is Church. It's not just sin and song, but it's recognized that we are broken and we need Jesus in our life. Let's pray. Father, we are ready. We are ready to surrender our life to you. We are ready to give you everything that we have. God, we surrender our problems, our defects. God, we surrender like our anger, our trust issue. Our unforgiveness, our brokenness, our our call issues, our addictions, anything in our life, we want to surrender to you. And we wanna ask you, God, to to help us to to remove all that stuff in our lives. We wanna live a life that pleases you. We wanna we wanna serve you with all our heart. We wanna be able to lift it up our hands and not feel condemnation. And I want to thank you, with because when we surrender, you, you, you pour your love, your forgiveness. And as we can say, there's no condemnation in Jesus' name. There's no more shame. There's no more guilt. Thank you so much, Jesus, for what you're going to do. And what you're going to do in our lives. We pray that you give us the strength to continue moving forward. And to love you. And to praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.